0: Welcome back to this week's episode of the State of Recruiting, your Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Nick Harris. We've got a big show for you this week, but before we get into that, we, we do want to remind you guys to uh, like and subscribe to our, our podcast on iTunes. Uh, give us a rating, a five-star rating with any question gets answered or anywhere you can find us. We're on just about any podcast platform. So um, if there's a if there's a feature to rate us and, and say good things about us, please do that. It really helps our show. Um, I would also remind you that the horn 24 7 network has a great uh, group of shows including the flagship with taylor estes and chip brown and the longhorn blitz with jeff howe and rod babers uh so with all that out of the way nick how's it going this week
1: it's going pretty good can't complain uh actually watching my miami heat right now take a 2-0 lead on the indiana pacers so life is great Nick can't is complain. one of these
0: uh did you grow up a heat fan nick I grew up a Jimmy Butler fan. That's what I don't like – I I think the older generation will agree with me. We were fans of teams and not players. It seems like the younger generation (laughs) just gravitates to wherever the player goes.
1: I mean, you find another Jimmy Butler fan out there that's followed him as long as I have? And, you know, we'll consider a bandwagon an actual thing. But I think I'm a unique – It's true. I have
0: seen you wear like a – what what is it? A – uh, Minnesota Timberwolves like pull over with like Chicago Bulls pants.
1: I, yeah, I have 76ers pants too. And I have the Heat hoodie on right now. So, I mean, you know what it is.
0: Well, we've got a big <laughs> show. We're going to talk a little basketball actually later. Nick's got Nick had a big weekend. Texas got a, a commitment on the basketball front. Um, we're going to talk about all of those things. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk about the big news of the last week. And usually, you know, We've already done an emergency podcast on this. Steve Wolfong and I did. Um, But man, this news is just so big. We got to get Nick's reaction to it as well. So, Nick, what was, when I first told you that the Quinn Hewers commitment was going to happen, what was your reaction?
1: I don't think I can say verbatim what I said, but uh, it was it was definitely shocking and surprising. Um, I mean, we always knew that Texas sat in a pretty good position with Quinn. Um, at times, we really didn't think Texas would be the leader. You know, maybe we thought that, you know, a good 2020 season would help push the Longhorns back out in front in this recruitment. Um, and, you know, personally, I, I thought he was going to kind of treat it more so as a, a business decision and wait throughout the year. Not that he didn't, uh, but I was gonna, I was expecting him to wait to see how the season played out, um, and kind of go from there. But um, it seems that he is, uh, he's liking Mike Yursic, Mike Yursich's offensive style right now, uh, without it even taking the field. And I think you mentioned it in an article last week. This is a big kudos to the staff to be able to uh, land a recruit like this with no on-field um, production, I guess, from this new staff. So uh, it's all just theoretical at this point. So they're able to get that. point across really well, uh, which I think is going to help in some other big time. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned
0: that. Um, We'll talk about that in a second. I just think I've always thought, you know, even with the other schools and there was legitimate buzz for those other schools, you know, I think there was a point where Oklahoma was probably the leader. I think there was a point this summer where Ohio State was was pushing into the lead. But Texas always stuck around and Texas was always the constant in this recruitment. And I like you, I thought that it would take a season for for it to happen and, and good things to happen with Sam in the offense, but um, you know, it turns out that, that it didn't. And since that time, Quinn has been on his game as a recruiter. Uh Nick, you was you were working your butt off last weekend at the at a basketball tournament during this whole deal and also gathering twenty twenty two response to it um just from the guys you talked to, what was the general feel of everything?
1: Yeah, it's overall pretty positive. I don't think there was one guy I talked to where uh, Texas didn't make some sort of jump, uh, you know, in their uh, in their top schools. Um, and we actually got two more responses later in the week from Caleb Burton and Denver Harris that uh, we weren't able to post just because the, the article is almost a week ago now. But um, those responses were overwhelmingly positive as well so uh it seems that you know Quinn is going to be able to help construct this 2022 class and he's already doing work and getting on FaceTimes with kids and you know getting in the DMs on Twitter so he's already actively helping as a player recruiter and um if he's the guy leading this class early on then the, the yeah him and the
0: Faison Wilson are both uh working on it both getting after it as uh recruiters and so the, the 22 class in good hands as far as on the field I, I'm sure I mean, between the both of us, we probably saw Quinn five or six times last year. Um, I've seen him a lot since he was basically an eighth grader throwing in seven on seven. But, you know, I I remember seeing him that first time throwing in a seven on seven tryout going into his ninth grade year, spring of his eighth grade year, and thought, that's a kid I need to keep an eye on. Like, he looks like he looks like he could be the (laughs) number one quarterback in the country one day. Um, It turns out I was right. So. I, you know, just seeing what he did last year at South Lake, it wasn't a huge surprise. Just because I thought he had that in him, and, and South Lake's like the perfect fit for him offensively and, and everything. But, uh, you know, last year I said at, at times um, I had seen South Lake running in their jet tempo. That I. I literally haven't seen that probably since Riley Dodge was the quarterback at, at Southlake. The the tempo they were running with last year, and it was because Quinn was getting them into first down completions and able to move the chains and and, and put the hammer down. And I mean, they were literally. I went to a game last year, uh, mid season, where they they killed Fossil Ridge. I think it was a running clock by mid third quarter, and there were times where I would start on one end of the field taking pictures and you know me nick i'm old and fat and i don't run down the sideline or anything um but i would as soon as they get a first down i wouldn't even stop to take pictures i would walk down to the opposite 20 because and they would typically beat me there um and this is just me walking constantly down the sideline and them running plays their tempo was so good and a lot of that's because of quinn um and i think the other component and you could probably speak to this as well is he is looked at as a pro stop passer but Let's take nothing away from him. That kid can move with his feet. He can make plays with his feet. He can run. Um, you know, our friend Guy Frazier had a great video of him out running a very, very athletic Ditton Geyer secondary last year, including a guy like Deuce Harmon who who runs legit uh, you know, four five, four four. So uh I all around package, I, I think that, that Texas fans couldn't be more thrilled about this.
1: Yeah, and I think this is a good opportunity to um, explain the first time that I saw uh, Quinn, and it was at that game uh, against Denton Guyer. And I remember going into that game, I think I had Denton Guyer winning by 10 or 15. I knew that Southlake Carroll had this quarterback that, you know, was uh, up and coming, but, you know, I didn't think they were established enough to take down, you know, a seasoned and. Uh, well-rounded team like Guyer, and boy was I wrong. From the very first quarter, Quinn was going nuts through the air. Um, he kind of got limited in, uh, through the air in the second quarter, and they made some adjust- adjustments at halftime, and he got a lot more active on his feet in the second half. And I think he finished with over 130 rushing yards in that game and still had over 400 passing uh, and had about five or six touchdowns. They won by 12. Um, so that that was the night I knew who Quinn Ewers could be, and I remember walking out with Guy Frazier that night. I was like that's going to be the number one quarterback in in Texas in 2022 but little did I know he'd be the number one overall recruit in the country for the class of 2022 so just overall this is a huge land um, just because of what he can bring to the table at such a young age already and he's still got two years left in a Riley Dodge system and uh, you know, Riley Dodge, if he wants to one day, could be a college coach, in my opinion. Um, so he's going to learn from one of the best at uh, one of the best uh, high schools in the state when it comes to breeding quarterbacks. I mean, all around, you can't ask for more uh, f- from a 2022 commit right now.
0: Um, I, I think we should also probably talk about the uh, the inverse action of which that caused uh, Jalen Milro to decommit from Texas. Um probably something we saw coming i mean i think you you mentioned it right after the fact that we knew quinn was committing that this was you know based on whispers we had heard of Jalen looking around like hey, it wouldn't surprise me if you know if he's if he's transferred by this time next week and i don't think it even got it wasn't even that far so it was probably three or four days and um look i think a lot of people have a lot of things to say on this situation I don't ever fault quarterbacks for doing what's best for them because if you're a wide receiver, you can play on the field with 3 or other 3 or 4 other wide receivers. Even if you're a running back, you can play in a 2 or 3 back system. A lot of positions you you know, you don't have to run from from competition, but if you're a quarterback and we know in college that good quarterbacks start early and they rarely let go of the job unless they're bad or unless they're injured, um, you know, I think the business decision that Jalen Milroe made at this point was that he looked at what, what came in front of him and what was coming behind him. And um, I don't disagree with his decision. I think he's a great kid. I think he's going to be a fantastic player at Alabama uh, or wherever he ends up. And, and really, you know, I think as a kid who treated the process as well as it could be treated in, in a difficult situation. Um, and, and I wish him nothing but the best there.
1: Yeah, and I like him as an Alabama commit right now. I'm obviously going to miss uh, being able to cover him on the Texas beat, but um, I like his fit in that Alabama system. They lost Drake May, uh, quarterback out of North Carolina, uh, earlier in the cycle before, uh, right before the pandemic hit, uh, actually, and then uh, they started they shifted their attention towards Milro and uh, I'm sure everyone knows how. Uh, how much they stayed in contact with Milrow as well. So it wasn't necessarily surprising to see him flip to Alabama, but I, I like that uh, he, he goes to uh, a team over there where he can um, sit and learn behind Bryce Young until uh, Bryce Young leaves for the draft um, and then be able to come in and uh, maybe start uh, for, for an SEC West team that has won multiple national championships in the last 10 years. So uh, I, I like the fit for Milrow, and I, I wish him nothing yep. but the best.
0: Um, so with that said, we do have a guest on this week. It is. 2021 Offensive Line Commit, uh, Michael Mislinski, whom recently made his uh, commitment to Texas. He and I sat down for a talk. We did have a slight technical gaffe in the middle of it that I'm going to have to edit around so it might sound a little weird. Um, but we hope you enjoy this conversation with newest Texas commit, Michael Mislinski. All right, and now joining me on this week's episode of the State of Recruiting, it is one of the newer Texas commits in the 2021 class from Bishop Kenny High School in Jacksonville, Florida. It is Michael Mislinski. Thank you for joining me today, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, First off, you know, just kind of thoughts on on getting the recruiting process out of the way, uh, why Texas and, uh, you know, what you're looking forward to this season. Yeah, no, getting the recruiting process out of the way
2: before my senior season was a big goal of mine. You know, I wasn't going to rush it if I didn't feel comfortable, but I did. I, I uh, visited Texas myself, um, I think, in April or maybe, sorry, not April, probably March. And, um, you know, I loved it. Um, obviously, I couldn't meet the coaches in person or go inside the facilities or anything, but just the city of Austin and everything about it, I loved it a lot. And I have cousins that live there. And so ever since visiting there, I kind of knew you know, it was one of my favorite places. And, you know, after a while, I just dressed in my gut and I knew it was for me. So,
0: Yeah, so that's something I am fascinated about. You guys obviously got the, really the short end of the stick this year with COVID-19 and your recruitment and not being able to to take visits. And I, I tell you, I, can't, I feel for you guys, really, I do, because it's no other class has ever had to go through it. And everybody else gets to have all the fun that comes along with recruiting, but um, you know, how much really perspective were you able to gain on that self visit, and uh, you know, what was it about the city of Austin that really stood out to you? Well, I guess
2: it's like um, it can be as big as you want or as small as you want. I guess you can say is, and for the for our world as football players, you know, you got dorms right next to the stadium. Everything you need is right in walking distance, and but you know, it's a nice big city too, and you got a lot of stuff do, a lot of great food places, everything. Um, so, yeah, no, we definitely um, – recruiting was definitely different this year with everything going on. Um, and then my recruiting kind of picked up towards, you know, during the virus so when I was up inside my house. So <laughs> I really did a lot of research, and, um, you know, I did and ended up being Texas, so I'm excited.
0: Um, you've, it helps, I would assume, to have some cousins in Austin that could show you around. And even when you get there, you know, you, you're not alone. You've got some people you can lean on. Most definitely. Yes, sir. Um, here's – so your dad is the uh, offensive – not offensive. The strength and conditioning coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you've got to have a pretty sick in-home gym, I would assume. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Yes, I do.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we have always had one. It, it's a, That's his uh, masterpiece. It's his office. And so we – that's where we spend a lot of our break. And uh, we're lucky to have it during, during these times, you know. So – Yeah,
0: great. that – that was going to be my question. Is that has he been working you pretty well during the the quarantine and everything, just to keep in shape?
2: Oh yes, sir. Most
0: definitely, yeah. So I've never I, I get to be around my
2: dad a lot more than I've ever been um, to, You know, saying that he, you know, now he's gone all the time. He's at training camp, and I don't see him anymore because I'm usually, I'm at football now too. So mm-hmm. it's um it was nice spending that time with him.
0: Your dad has such a unique perspective having played the game himself at Tennessee, and played in the NFL and, and now working on the NFL side of it. Um, you know, did they have a preference in school or was it, uh, what was the guidance they kind of gave you as you were making that decision your parents? Yeah, no, they
2: didn't have a guidance in what school I wanted to use. They, they would, whatever school um, ended up being, is a school they would um, want me to go to. They wanted to be my decision, but no, they definitely had a big guidance help for me and, you know, my dad went through it. So he understands, um, you know, he just helped me, um, you know, make sure you know, what the coaches were saying was true and you know, make sure I was doing everything right, but they wanted it to be my decision. So they just helped guide me along with that.
0: What were their thoughts? You know, once you told them
2: it was Texas, uh, they're extremely happy. And, um, you know, they think Texas is an amazing program in place as well. And they especially like coach Han and coach Herman. So, um you know they think they think I did an awesome job with how I um you know controlled the the process of recruiting and so um yeah no they're just really excited for me I'm really excited
0: yeah obviously you know you you do want to pour a lot of decision you know a lot of thought into that decision that big um what's your what's your relationship been like with the other recruits in the class uh getting in that group text and getting to know those guys
2: Yeah, no, it's definitely been great getting to know them. Um, I've definitely built like a good relationship with Tate Connor, Connor, the fellow line, um, offensive tackle. Um, he's he's a great guy. He's a really good player. Um, you know, we're we're starting to get to know each other a lot better and the same with all the other players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we just we talk we talk daily just trying to get to know each other as much as we can.
0: And so it, it's going well. I can already see Hayden taking you to Pinkerton's barbecue in Houston after you enroll in Austin and getting some of the best barbecue we have in the state from a a guy that the guy that owns it's also a big Texas fan so he'll be pleased to have you there. That sounds great. I'm a big barbecue fan, so that sounds awesome. Um, you know, biggest news in the past two weeks is Texas got the number one player of the country in 2022. You've, In fact, I reached out to you for some quotes on your commitment, and you were like, hey, I, I saw the big commitment. I figured I'd give you a few days, and I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. But also lost a member of your class in Jalen Milrow. Uh, I know you got you weren't around long for that, but, you know, what, what do you think the mood of the class is like after Jalen's decommitment? Well, I mean, um,
2: you know, we under, I think we all understand. And, um, you know, it's a tough decision no matter what. And he, he was a great guy. I talked to him the first day after I committed. He's like, hey, man, congrats. You know, um, he, he was extremely nice to me. And, um, like you said, I, I, didn't, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him, but I know we all wish him the best at Alabama and he's going to do great things there. But we have a ton of respect for him.
0: And um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think fans get. We're not upset. Fans get upset a lot. And I try to tell them recruits don't have that same perspective because they all go through that battle themselves. And I think they can all put themselves in that place and say, what if I needed to make the best decision for myself? You know, so I think everybody can understand it from that perspective. Um, what? Uh, well, so tell us about you a little bit off the field. Any interests outside of football? Any hobbies? Uh, what do you do in your spare time? All that.
2: Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I go fishing a good amount when I can. My friends got a boat; we'll we'll take it out and we'll we'll go fishing. Um, um, you know, I I I go to a local restaurant named Miller's Ale House. It's really good chicken and like fries thing. It's it's probably really bad for you, but like I get it a lot. Me and my friends, we go there and um, hang out, watch games, whatever. Just hang out there. Yeah, that's a big spot for us. It's one of our spots we go after every game. So, um, you know, I play Xbox, too. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, I don't want to say my life revolves around football, but a big part of it. it revolves around football. So, um, you know, I like to relax my days off of anything, sit down, maybe watch a movie, watch some shows. Uh,
0: but, no, I'm not a great what's, yeah, uh, what so. what's the game of choice on, on Xbox? i'm guessing call Uh, of duty yep you got it you know what i just downloaded that because i saw it was free and i'm sure i'm going to get i haven't played call of duty in so long um and i feel so washed as an old 35 year old guy who used to play the originals that i'm going to try it out but i think it's going to go very poorly for me um the place (laughs) you just mentioned the restaurant so i'm going to fold this into my next question it's going to be kind of a two-part question what is your season looking like this fall? Is it going to be on time? Is it going to be delayed and B, if I, uh, make a trip out there to see you play is that's definitely a place I should stop and eat. Then you're saying, uh,
2: yeah, so we're, we're having a season right now. It's, um, we start next Monday. Um, like we start with helmets on, um, so I think until September eighteenth, there might have another meeting. But as of right now, we, we're having a full season. You know, we're missing one game. That's it. So I'm really excited to hope we do. And then if you come, yes, you need to get that. And I'll tell you exactly what to get. I walk in there. They know who I am. I just tell them the regular. That, you know. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really good, really good food. Probably not the best for you, but you know, get it once in a while, it's awesome.
0: So yeah, I'm well. Look, man. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a guy who's that worried about what the best is for me. So uh, that fits right in line with, with everything I want, Michael, man, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day and joining the show here and talking to us. And uh, man, we wish you luck on your upcoming season and I'm hoping I get to make it out there and see you. Yes, sir. That'd be great. And thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, man. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the state of recruiting. We'll be back with the second half after a word from our sponsors. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate
1: performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: And we hope you enjoyed that conversation with Michael Mislinski and a, a look into his life. All right, Nick, um, you had a big basketball tournament last week. Texas got a big commit. Uh, let's start with the commit. What can Texas fans expect?
1: Yeah, uh, Texas landed their third commit of the 2021 class and uh, Brookfield's central power forward David Joplin uh, out of Wisconsin uh, near Milwaukee is where Brookfield is. Uh, This is a talented kid with a lot of upside. He's kind of in the mid-range as far as the rankings right now, Uh, but our national analyst Brian Snow said you can expect a a big-time jump here pretty soon. This is a kid that can guard one through four and play one through four. Uh, A good point-forward type kid that I think Uh, You know, Texas hasn't really had in recent years, uh, you know, a big time threat down low, but that can also move it down the court and transition. Uh, I I really, really like this take. And no matter how this 2021 class ends up, uh, I I think David Joplin is still going to be a solid contributor. And I think he could find his way into the top 75 or top 100 uh, in our 24-7 rankings before it's all said and done. And then uh, we yeah, had a tournament last weekend here uh, close in Duncanville, about 30 minutes away from where I'm at, and uh, saw a lot of 2022 targets. I think I saw nine uh, offers uh, from Texas over the weekend. And uh, if you went back and saw my recap from the weekend, my MVP was Vince Uwuchukwu. He's a center formerly at San Antonio Cole. Uh, but he's made the move to La Lumiere in Indiana for his junior and season, senior seasons. Uh, he played fantastic. Uh, he was matched up against Damian Collins on day one, um, and Iwuchukwu definitely won the matchup. I don't think Collins even had a, a field goal in that game. Um, but that was mainly just for uh, Collins playing with a team he hadn't played with before. He was just getting getting used to the used to the system. He wasn't playing a lot of minutes in that first day, and the second day he came out and had a good showing. But uh, Vince Iwuchukwu both days just had uh, a fest in the paint Um, and he was definitely one of one of my favorite kids on his same texas hard work team there's also austin nunez he's a four-star point guard out of san antonio wagner uh, formerly at cornerstone christian he was playing with uh, the Brett Brown-led team at Cornerstone Christian last year, and he's now found his way into the top 50 in the 24-7 sports rankings. So I'm excited to see what he could do at San Antonio Wagner now. And uh, he's a kid that's liking Texas, and it's kind of something that I found interesting with uh, in talking to him after. Uh, I just kind of asked, you know, what was Texas' approach uh, in his recruitment right now. And he said that Shaka Smart had him write an essay over uh, Kobe Bryant's book and send it to him and gave him like a short de- short time period to do it. And uh, he said he really liked that approach. And personally, I thought that was pretty unique. I haven't necessarily heard of anything being done like that on the football side of things before unless you No, haven't. I haven't.
0: That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, I know the news came out or sources said something that Jay Lucas could be headed to uh, Kentucky that's at least a report out there I don't know if that's been finalized yet Nick uh, has it uh
1: it's it's moving towards finalization uh, I think Chip Brown reported this morning that it's it's pretty so much a done So what deal. is
0: the effect that has on Longhorn basketball if they lose Jay Lucas
1: You know, I think they can recover in the 2022 class. Um, The guys that uh, Coach Lucas was, you know, uh, in control of handling, I think they can shift that to Neil Barry and Shaka Smart for the time being and be okay with so much time left. But obviously the recruit that everyone worries about with this news is Damian Collins. Uh, Jay Lucas was the lead recruiter on Collins. And, um, you know, the family really likes Coach Lucas. They've built a strong, strong relationship. And it's not that necessarily they don't have – a good relationship with Shaka Smart and the rest of the coaches too, but uh, Lucas was just really that main point of contact that really uh, uh, had Texas looking pretty good for Collins. So um, the immediate impact right now is that you definitely look at Collins, um, but that's uh, nothing has been confirmed from uh, Collins or the Collins family as far as, you know, if they view Texas a little bit differently. Hopefully we'll have something uh, more on that today or tomorrow, today being Thursday and tomorrow, Friday. Uh, So hopefully we'll have like that towards the weekend more of a a reaction from Damian Collins but uh, he's looking to make a decision here pretty soon and I have heard that this news didn't affect that Uh, so I I would think that's a good thing uh, considering the position Texas was in beforehand Um, but that's that's definitely the one recruit to keep an eye on uh, because if you are
0: into basketball recruiting coverage uh, you're missing out if you're not following Nick he killed the tournament coverage this weekend Great recaps on everything. Had a basketball stampede earlier in the week. Um, he is on top of it. And, uh, you know, it's good because I don't have to be. So, um, Nick, who was the best football player who was out there at that tournament playing basketball? Like, I know Amaria Bohr was out there and Harold Perkins. Who was the best? Was Anthony Black there? I don't know. Um, so yes, he, he was yeah. probably the, this answer. But who was the best guy you saw that also plays football at that tournament?
1: Yeah, I'd probably have to answer with Anthony Black. Um, he's really, really good in transition from uh, from the backcourt. Um, he's quick, too, and he can get up. Um, he had no problem dunking over defenders that were three, four inches taller than him, and uh, he's quick in getting around defenders. I, I really like what he brings to the table, um, and uh, he's playing with a pretty good Capel team right now as well with Ryan Argerwall. Uh, he's another top 100 kid in the rankings. But, uh, yeah, Amari Abor, he's pretty good as well. Obviously, he's quick. I'm sure football fans know that. Uh, that footwork is incredible down in the paint as well, um, and he has, he has pretty good uh, pretty good hands down low as well. Uh, and Harold Perkins, I think he's a pretty good high school basketball player i think he'll do great for side park but i don't quite seeing him project to the next level quite uh hard.
0: i know it's uh 22 but do you have any sort of feel where texas stands early with anthony black
1: uh yeah i think uh he said texas is his top school right now actually uh, when i talked to him afterward um he's loving the communication between texas and him right now and uh um that basketball appeal is definitely uh strong right now. Um and Neil Barry was uh is the lead point of contact right there so far. So uh the Lucas um news won't affect his recruitment much. So uh, yeah, Anthony Black said his top school is Texas right now. I think Texas is in a great position. Awesome.
0: Well for that and more follow Nick, Nick Harris two four seven uh and check out his work over at Horns twenty four seven. All right, Nick, let's uh finish up today by going on a little trip to the mailbag. As always, you can get your mailbag questions over to us on Horns 24-7. When we put the thread up, that's the best time to do it. Um, and uh, we we should also mention, like I said, that any five-star review on our iTunes feed will get a, uh, an answer to uh, whatever question is you have. Um, all right. Our first question actually comes to us from uh, the iTunes feed. It says uh, from Jeffrey K., Uh, my gut is talking and it's telling me something special is finally being assembled again on the 40. What significance uh, will this have on the other top recruits wanting to join up with Quinn at Texas? And do you think this can make guys in the class ahead like Jalen Milrow think twice about committing? Um, So we've talked about the impact. I think I, you know, wide receivers and running back skill guys on offense are going to want it's going to be bigger to them and i think offensive linemen to a, a bit of a lesser extent but um you know outside of that i think that you know it's i don't think you you'll see the guys in this class um really shy away from it Just mostly because um you know i think that those other positions it's like i said earlier you can you can play multiple people at some positions you can Um, You know, it's it's not as, as limiting as quarterback. So I don't see it really holding back anybody. And frankly, you know, Texas hasn't really recruited lights out on offense this year. So it's not like there's anybody that I think in there who's having second thoughts because they might bring in a five star receiver next year.
1: Yeah, I think the potential for this next 2022 class is, you know, pretty special. I think that's something we'll get into here in a minute. Um, But, uh, yeah, with Quinn Ewers committing, as I mentioned this earlier, the sky is the limit for this 22 class, especially with him uh, leading the player recruiters of the 2022 class along with Faison. All
0: right, uh, our next question is how many defensive backs and wide receivers are going to be taken for the 22 class. Uh, It's still really early. So numbers are hard to read. I mean, we haven't even seen what the attrition might be for, um, you know, for this class. And, and that, that plays a big role in it. I think people always think that there's just a running counter of, we'll take this many in this class and this many in that class, but it really all depends. And, um, you know, they're going to have an extra degree of difficulty um, if, you know, guys opt out and are awarded an extra year of eligibility and come back and, and can play again. I mean, we're going to see log jams like we've never seen at the college level, if that's the case. So I I think, um, you know, for Texas, uh, I would say when you look at DBs, I would say watch what happens this season with Andrew Makuba. If they take Makuba, I could see him probably taking maybe five DBs. If they don't get Makuba, they probably apply that number and maybe get six six or seven DBs. So um, that's the case. Receiver, I would see them going big just because they don't have huge numbers in this class, and they're going to be able to take some talent, I think. So um, I would see four to five for sure.
1: Yeah, the, def- the season's going to have to play out to understand the numbers for sure, and obviously COVID has uh, created a huge level of difficulty as far as predicting what numbers could be in future classes. And I actually saw a thing last night, late last night before I went to bed at 2 a.m. that the NCAA Board of Governors is considering um, a rule for this season that no matter how much uh, you play during the year, you'll be granted an extra year of eligibility. Now, the odds of that actually, you know, being approved are pretty slim, but you know, that's something on the table and that's obviously uh, something that's gonna affect numbers um, with the 2021 class and the 2022 class. So. Um, I'm sure we'll have a better idea of where that number will be a year from now. Um, But just kind of looking at it where we are today on, you know, August 20th, 2020, um, you know, I could see five, six DBs and four or five receivers, uh, especially, like you said, with the 2021 class not getting a lot of receivers right now. All
0: right. From uh, Hornsfan7612, do you see Texas pursuing Amante Watkins? He recently ran a 445 40-yard dash. I don't know where he would have recently run it, um, but I, I do know he does have some speed. Uh, Texas has looked at him in the past, but I don't think they're that interested.
1: Yeah, I think if um, A, they're doing pretty well with LJ Johnson and Kamar Wheaton. Um, but, you know, if something goes wrong with those two guys, I think they look at Cameron Valdez out of Rockdale and Tavier Dunlap out of Austin Del Valley before um, they start looking at other options like Amante Watkins. So, um I would I would think he's a distant option right now so I wouldn't say likely
0: uh from polly Dreamer I don't want to be doom and gloom but the 2021 class is strong on the defensive side uh, but somewhat lacking on the offensive side what is your prediction for that side of the ball in 2021 I think Texas will finish with some guys I mean I think they'll find some guys at receiver to finish out and and I think they I do think they will get one of the elite running backs um outside of that offensive line is what it is I don't think you're gonna see any any big surprises there or anything um i think that texas is going to have to uh really capitalize on making good evals and, and getting guys who can develop but Um, you know, I think it'll pass muster as a decent class. I mean, the quarterback situation is what it is. I I don't think you're going to land an elite guy right now um, with Quinn Ewers on board. And so right now I think it's important to take maybe a program type of guy who's okay with coming in and holding the clipboard and competing and certainly getting his chance, but not, you know, dead set on I have to be the starter. So um, find a guy like that and, and plug him in and that's probably your quarterback in this class.
1: Yeah, and I'll go ahead and start with quarterback. I think there's a, there's still a pretty good amount of options out there. You have Maddox Kopp uh, out of Houston. You have Grayson James, who's now at Duncanville. Um, you also got guys like Lucas Coley committed to Arkansas uh, in nearby San Antonio. Uh, so there's, there's some guys that I think could fit that role at the quarterback position. Um, you look at receiver, uh, you know, there's a couple more options there. And, and running back I, running back recruiting, I think, is going great right now. Uh, you know, I think if they can just land one of those guys, as far as L.J. Johnson or Kamar Wheaton, then, you know, obviously that'll that'll be appointed as a success for Stan Drayton. Uh, and the offensive line, again, it's still developing. Um, I think there's still a lot of guys on the table uh, as far as three-star talent. You have Jack Lear, who they just offered uh, last week. And if they miss out on Jack, uh, then you have Ty Buchanan down at Corpus Christi, Cal Allen. Um, that's another kid you could look at. And there's a couple. Of, there's a couple of more underrated guys um, here in the DFW area that I think they could they could look at. Um, so I, I don't think all hope is lost on the offensive line set, set of things. I think there's a lot of guys that they can bring on campus and develop and you know turn into good players. But um, yeah, I, I think the offensive class still has a pretty good chance of ending pretty strong.
0: All right, our next question. Um... Who was the more impressive cornerback prospect in high school between Jeff Okuda and Keely Ringo, uh, where both of them blow you away type of players? Yeah, I I mean, it's probably splitting hairs at this point. Like, I could tell you that Keely Ringo is one of the most impressive kids I've ever seen up close, but Jeff Okuda was a top-five draft pick, so it's really hard to top that. Um, Both were guys that I knew immediately when I saw them. Okay, that's an NFL player. Easy. That's a first-round draft pick. Easy. Um... I, you know they're they're different types of guys uh okuda was more of a safety even a linebacker at, at times in high school and we were all kind of actually skeptical that he could play corner at the next level i mean i thought he was going to be a legitimate safety nickel even like a big backer type of guy but the work he did and the performance he put in at corner while at ohio state is one of the more impressive things i've ever seen um just because he's proven it and he's getting paid a lot of money now because he's a first round pick i'm gonna go with jeff okuda
1: I never saw either of these guys in person other than Keely Ringo at the All-American Bowl, so I don't know how much, you know, that kind of weighs into it, but... Um, just kind of from looking at film and knowing who these two guys are, and if we're just talking about their high school careers, then I personally like Ringo. Uh, I think he kind of brings more of a more physicality uh, to the table, and I think he projects as a corner uh, at the next level a little bit better than Okuda did at this time. All right,
0: our next question um, is: Terrence Cook still looking to commit in October, and is Texas still the team to beat there? Um, I, as far as I know, his timeline is still on. Um, I think that uh, Texas is still the team to beat there. I haven't heard anything new in that recruitment.
1: Um, Well, I talked to Terrence about a month ago and uh, whenever he dropped his top schools and he was looking for uh, a late September um, type decision. So I think he might decide before Shadow Creek season starts on September 24th, 25th. Uh, I'll try to catch up with him next week and get a for sure answer. All now. right, from
0: Connor H333, why isn't Albert Regis play, uh, high school playing him on the D-line and what does his timeline look like? I have no clue about his timeline. Albert doesn't talk a ton, so it's hard to say. As far as I know, they do play him on the D-line. They just also play him at running back and fullback and tight end as well. Um, so I think that Texas is, is – doing a really good job in this race, I would probably put them as, the, in fact, I would definitely put them as the leader right now uh, for Albert Regis, who I think is has a really, really intriguing skill set at defensive tackle.
1: Yeah, I like Albert Regis a lot, and I think Texas is in a good position. Uh, if they can land him, then uh, I think Oscar Giles is definitely can chalk this uh, recruiting class up to, as a win, uh, whether they get Shamar Turner or not. All
0: right, our next question from Hook'em Beast88. Will the team take a tight end in 2022? I definitely think that's the plan. I mean, they're all in on Donovan Johnson from uh, for Dickinson. Or, I'm sorry, Donovan Donovan Green uh, from Dickinson. Sorry, I have another Donovan stuck in my head. Um, And they'll definitely look at some other guys. I mean, I think that they want to take tight ends in every class and really build that talent up. And so, yeah, uh, unless they just miss on everybody, I see them taking a tight end in 22.
1: Yeah, Donovan Jackson, uh, pretty good tight end in 2022. And there's also a couple of more that are starting to rise in that 2022 class as far as tight ends, uh, like Kelsey Johnson out at Red Oak. So uh, I, I think they'll have a pretty good amount of options to choose from, and I think they might take one All right. Or
0: two. Our next question uh, is from Longhorn SD. How confident are you that yours sticks to his commitment? Do you think it's a done deal or do you think he's listening to other schools? Um i'll tell you this it, it does no good to play this game uh you're gonna drive you you got we got a year <laughs> what do we have a year and a half until you are signs um you're gonna drive yourself absolutely insane playing that game for a year and a half um i think yes i think the fact that Quinn Ewers grew up dreaming of playing quarterback at texas matters in this recruitment and i think that he sticks with his commitment now does that mean something doesn't happen crazy and, you know, something ha- happened to Herman or Yursich, and that changes mind? I don't know. I can't speak to that right now. As of right now, from where I sit, yes, I do.
1: I, I'm shocked that we have to answer this question six days after his commitment. Come on now. But ask me six months from now. I think I'm, we might have more of an answer to that. But as of right now, I mean, he's playing as a player recruiter and he's uh, he's repping the horns in every way. Yes. He can.
0: Our uh, next question from Dicker to kicker two hundred six. Uh, other than Makuba, any other kids moving timelines up due to likely no visits in this fall? The only one I've heard of talking about it is um, Shamar Turner. Uh, so I think you know possibly Shamar Turner could be there.
1: Yeah, Shamar Turner was who I was going to say, and maybe
0: Terrence yeah. Cooks as well. Um, Hookum SD asks any twenty-two guys looking to shut things down soon other than Gilbo. Love the pod. Thank you. Um, uh, Yes, there are. I've heard names. I can't say those names right now um, because I was told those names under the condition of not really reporting anything. There's nobody publicly out there that I think wants to. Um, But if you're asking me, do I think we're going to have some more 22 commits in the next couple months? Yes, I do.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, And I wouldn't even necessarily say Gilbo is, you know, coming close to a decision. I think Texas is just in a really good spot right now and, uh it's not that he's not either i mean he could commit in the next couple of months but the thing with these 2022 guys a lot of them are starting to commit now so um it's kind of just a case-by-case basis there's not really an overwhelming uh trend going on so it's kind of hard to pick one out of you know a pretty big from nt jones
0: 1484 i know you said you were asked not to say who was on the facetime call with yours but can you give any details how many what side of the ball what kind of hype scale if you can't, I understand. I can't. Um, I was, again, set that information under the condition <laughs> of, of keeping it quiet. Now, I'll tell you this, I could probably say something next week. Um, so we're working on some things and talking to some people, and I'll probably be able to report stuff like that in the Stampede next week. But as of right now, no, I can't say anything. Um, from Earl Thomas 12, how shocked were you when you were as committed, and what does yours need to work on most before he gets to the 40 acres? Um I wouldn't say I was shocked. I, I think I'm one that's always believed Texas was going to be in a very strong position for viewers. Um, in fact, there were times where I had um, colleagues of mine telling me, well, he's going here, he's going there. Um, Nick, a, a close mutual friend of ours, told me flat out like a month ago, he's going to Oklahoma, don't even worry about it. So, like... I think I've always been kind of the one that said, no, hold on, like Texas has definitely got a good shot in this one." So, I'm not. I'm not sure. I was shocked. I, I think I was more shocked by the timing about how early he did it. Um, you know, I think he just needs more reps. Really, that's what quarterbacks need as many reps as they can get. If you want, if you want me to nitpick his game a little bit. Um, I think that there are times where he hangs in the pocket a little too long making making something happen. Maybe he could get out, throw the ball away or pick up some yards or something, uh, I guess. so. And, and I think that's very much something that comes with time and experience and, and learning to, to run the clock in your head. So, But if I had to nitpick something in his game, it would be that.
1: And he's going to be in a Riley Dodge offense. I know I said this earlier, but it's just such a big point to Quinn Ewer's potential at the next level. He's going to have Riley Dodge coaching him for the next two years. And I couldn't, personally, I couldn't pick a better coach in Texas to uh, coach a kid like Quinn. Uh, for the next couple of years before going to the college level. So anything he does need improvement on, I think he will absolutely work on and most likely fix. Uh, as far as how shocked I was when you were committed, yeah, the timing was definitely just pretty shocking. It kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but as far as the choice, uh, not as much.
0: All right, our next question uh, from Aiden1680. Uh, Any update with Keetron Jackson? feels like we had a ton of comino- uh, momentum and a commit coming in weeks than radio silence. I mean, I addressed this... Um, Some point I can't remember. I read a lot of things, so I can't remember when. I think that um, Arkansas has pushed back a little bit, and I think that they were a really a strong force in Keytrons recruitment before Texas. And um, I think he's listening to them. They've definitely made the ending um, more interesting than we thought it would be. I don't know that anything has been decided as of yet. I think we'll probably have a little more clarity in the next couple days on this. Um, We could have a better idea, but I could tell you that, you know, Texas is still very much pushing for Keytron and hoping he's a part of this class. Uh,
1: Yeah, um, I can't say too much and I think you guys will understand why next week, but (laughs) um, uh, Texas is pushing. Um, I think Arkansas is in a pretty good spot. Um, so we'll definitely see here in the next All few All right,
0: days. Uh, from HD Forever, can we expect any surprise commits to round out the 2021 class? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say to expect them because then they wouldn't be a surprise, right? Um, there's nobody that I could think of that would be like, oh, this person might flip or this is a person you're not thinking about now. Um, I mean, the board is basically what the board is. I mean, those are the targets unless they put out new offers and then we'll evaluate those guys. But um, as of right now... I think that yeah definitely I, I I don't see any surprises coming.
1: I think maybe like the most realistic quote unquote surprises and I don't I don't even like saying realistic because it's not really because it's a surprise but uh, maybe JoJo Earl or Landon Jackson flipping. Um, uh, yeah, but those those two, obviously, not the most realistic options. But, you know, 2021 class is almost pretty much wrapped up as far as these big-time guys in Texas uh, already being committed. So it would take a flip of, you know, that And kind if of I had to
0: handicap team. it, I would give JoJo way better odds than Landon. I think the door's just about shut on Landon. Same here, yeah. My um, last question from Handy1182. Uh, Do coaches ever ask you guys to print or not to print stories for strategic reasons? Or at least how do coaches use reporters to accomplish something, if that's the thing? Yeah, certainly. I mean, look, we have sources, and um, I think it's more of the case that they ask us not to write something than that they ask us to write something. Um, You know, sometimes we have to keep uh, things held back for for their reasons, but um, I would say more times the way they use media is to keep something quiet um, more than they don't. And, you know, that's something that we kind of – have to deal with and sort through on our own, just in the sense that um, I'm not going to keep everything quiet. I make that very known to my sources. Like There's no point in me having sources and knowing things if I can't report any of it. But we will be strategic about what we choose not to report. And if it's something that's going to screw up something that they're doing in the long term, we definitely talk about it and we'll figure it out. So... Um, you know, I talk to coaches all over the country about things, and and that's a common thing I'll do. Is is we'll talk about basically what's on the record, what's off the record, and what can be reported, what can't be reported, and timing and all that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, coaching staff certainly use reporters to their advantage, just to kind of get at least a third point perspective or a third person perspective on you know how they stand uh, how they stand with a certain kid. Uh, I know personally, I've had a coach reach out to me about, um, you know, reaching out to a kid just to kind of gauge his interest at
0: that time. So, uh, when that
1: was, so um, yeah, they they definitely uh, use this in in ways that they can, and um, you know, it's kind of a mutualistic relationship.
0: Yeah, I would also add that a lot of times, like coaches will talk to a kid and then say, hey, can you talk to this kid and see what his reaction was, um, you know, just just to kind of verify that what he's telling me is is kind of the same reaction he's having with you, so. Uh, It's more just a verification type of tool. And with that, uh, that will sum up the mailbag, and that will uh, close the show out. We want to uh, thank you guys for coming by again, listening this week, still working on that Tuesday show and and figuring out what we're going to be going forward with that. uh, We're finding some new guests, so uh, stay patient. If you're looking for two a week, we hope to be back to that very soon. Uh, Nick, do you have anything before we get out of here?
1: Nope. All I can say is my Miami Heat pulled out the win, 8.1. All right, we were –
0: we're recording this Thursday Hopefully by the time you are all hearing this the Dallas stars have finished off the Calgary Flames and'll be moving on to the second round so uh, hold a good thought for your Dallas stars even if they don't win because we're gonna need it to uh, to game seven. Uh, for Nick Harris I'm Mike Roach we want to thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week.